It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. We are still streaming, and it looks like we won't be going to the film in the theater for a long, long time. Ugh, we're, the COVID restrictions are coming down on us one more time. Oh, well. So, in the meantime, directors and actors beware, as even though we're not at the cinemas, you still cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hello, Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. So... With the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Okay, well, thanks to all who have been supporting us in our independent podcast. And if you love our independent podcast, please support us and the growing Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash film rage yyc all members get special episodes and content only for members along with all members that sign up will get a special limited edition film rage merch item hmm. if you cannot commit to a membership you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film i have some terrible terrible news to announce today though our adopted state virginia i'm sorry but you have been taken over by a brand new state our new favorite state because we're just podcast whores we are now selling our souls to the fantastic ski state of colorado go rams go rams go rams i made some money on the rams on occasion colorado rams and now we're making money on listeners i got a quality football program there (laughs) sure in colorado Colorado. <laughs> do you think do you think the people in Colorado know how to dance? Uh, I'm sure they do. They do. But first Canyon Meadows Cinemas are open for their delicious concessions. Popcorn, corn dogs, mini donuts, and more. Open Thursdays 4 to 9, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday 12 to 9 for takeout via curbside pickup. Just go to canyonmeadows.ca and enter your order. And by the way, by being one of our faithful Film Rage listeners, you can get 15% off. Just enter the promo code RAGEON. That's R-A-G-E-O-N to claim your 15% discount. Or... If you would rather have your snacks delivered, that is possible as well through Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, and DoorDash throughout Calgary. For more details, visit canyonmeadows.ca. And here, CMC would like to thank you for your continued support, and we hope to see you again soon at the cinema. We're streaming, Jim. Always streaming. Alright, so we're going to start with a little video on demand action. VOD, baby. Because we just could not wait to see Mortal Kombat. 
The most (laughs) exciting movie of this year, I swear. All right. So, Mortal Kombat, the 2021 version. Based on the 30-year-old video game, Mortal Kombat returns in movie version. This was first attempted in 1995 with the original Mortal Kombat movie that, while it was not terrible, it suffered from the fact that the video game was more violent than the movie. Then two years later, in 1997, we got a sequel that buried the cinematic franchise for almost 25 years, as it was unwatchable. Fast forward to today, and we have an attempt to bring the video game to life one more time. This time we get a more graphic version, more true to the violence of the original game. The movie started out very strong as we got a stunning sequence set in 17th century Japan to set up the story. The choreography and the camera movements in this action sequence made me excited for the rest of the movie. And then the movie ground to a halt as we got what seemed like two hours of training that fell completely flat. The end was okay, but it could not save the film. This film had so much potential wasted from from what the prologue at the beginning had seemed to have promised. We also got a pretty sad-looking CGI Goro character that, while it made me smile, it did so for the wrong reasons. <laughs> and by the way, isn't Mortal Kombat supposed to be a tournament? Perhaps the movie should have not forgotten that, and we could have had more of an enthralling experience as the action sequences were the strongest part of the movie. Less training and more fighting would have equaled more entertainment. While this was definitely the best of the Mortal Kombats, and while the opening sequence of this was spectacular, the movie on the whole was meh. Whoa. Are you sensing what I'm sensing, Murray? There might have been some candy going on. Today. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be a rage for sure. Yeah, well, just wait. So, uh, I know we are maybe a week late on this one, as we normally would like to have seen this last week, but our life was frozen almost sub-zero for a week with watching Cuff. Huh. So much CGI blood, so much CGI action, so much CGI. Yeah. Video game movies. Hmm. Video game movies, video game movies, video game movies. I have a feeling that this movie was made for teenage boys who are either gamers or like playing or reminiscing of Mortal Kombat, the video game. I find it interesting that the marketing of the video game movies is trying to now create competitors in a superhero slash comic book heroes universe. Although, did anyone see the plot lines of Enter the Dragon here, potentially? Hmm. Sub-Zero can zone in on one person with the, with a direct mark, yet he kills the first dude, and then he can't find the second dude. Uh, what? It, is this like the Force? It kind of comes and goes when it's convenient for the story? Uh, I'm sure that's not it. That couldn't have been it. Plus, uh, business transactions like paying somebody $3 million in a contract, you would think would have some prepayment options built in. And that's just my banker talking. I'm sure that's not true. Control D, shift up. I think that's all you have to do to get special powers and then go. 
bionic arms, though, were very cool. Grandfather's coming back from hell to save you. This has everything in it to ensure a great CGI video game movie. I love that they built a team of combatters, a whole new superhero troop. And by love, I'm meaning, what the fuck did they make this piece of shit movie for? And a better question is, why did I have to pay $25 of hard-earned Canadian dollars? Well, I can tell you. We are called Film Rage, not Film Money Bags. And this just adds to my level of rage about how bad this film was. So after watching this shit show, I happened to notice that the movie Jiu-Jitsu with Nick Cage was on rent for 99 cents. So now that's what I call Super Kung Fu. Nick Cage, as always, mesmerizing. And if you are going to watch a video game kung fu movie, it should, at minimum, have Nick Cage in it. Now, I'm not saying jujitsu was much better. It was but crap. It but it did have superhero to my heart, Nick Cage. Wait, sorry, what was I talking about? Oh, right, Mortal Kombat. Uh, 19, no, not 19, not 2000. Yeah, it was 2021 for $24.99. Yeah, this, this was awful. It's a rage. And by rage, I mean, finish me. Wow. Although I did have a favorite line. Yep. Put your shirt on, Magic Mike. Mm. I thought the first 10 minutes were excellent. Yeah, the first 10 minutes were great. But the entire rest of the movie was so unwatchable. Well, I yeah, yeah, no, I made a promise in those first 10 minutes that it did not keep. <laughs> it really did. How do, why are it you was so, so generous? Ten minutes of a movie doesn't. Because I bad. loved the first ten minutes, like absolutely I adored you. it. I was yeah, like, I am so stoked for the rest of this movie, and yeah, I was super disappointed from there on in. But <laughs> you know what? That was that was majestic. That was so good. It was like, wow, this this movie's gonna be awesome, and then it it wasn't. It was meh. It was okay. <laughs> Apparently, you must have really liked the game video, uh, the video game Mortal Kombat. No, that's that was a you know what? That by the time we got to Mortal Kombat, all of a sudden we've got like a joystick and like six buttons. That's just too many for a video game. A video game should have one joystick and one giant red button that I can just beat the crap out of and move my man around. I don't need you mean six. Atari? I don't need exactly. Atari, I need Atari. Yeah. Atari. I don't need six buttons or ten buttons or forty-seven buttons or whatever they've got now. I want one joystick, one action button, and I'm a happy camper. That's why I suck at those games. <laughs> yeah. Too many combos. Well, I, I like six, six buttons to how to do the combo right. That's stupid. I like Tetris. It's easy. Tetris, Tetris is great. <laughs> When's the Tetris movie coming out? That's what I want to know. Because I have a feeling that one would be better. And it's probably going to be Russian with English subtitles. So Mm. stay tuned for that coming in a theater near you, hopefully. Well, we're about to be Russian into the next review. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. That is like the best segue we've ever done. So we also saw on Prime Stowaway. Yeah. A three a three-person crew on a mission to Mars faces an impossible choice when an unplanned passenger jeopardizes the lives of everybody on board. Directed by Joe Panna, written by Joe Panna, Joe Ryan Morrison, and a bunch of people that we all know, maybe A slash B plus actors. Yeah, B plus. But it does. Yeah, I'd say B plus. Uh, so the first eight minutes, and I'm already bored. 
I'm not a fan of outer space movies at the best of time, and watching actors pretend they are taking off for five minutes, followed by pretending they are docking, never excites me. Couldn't they just cut the first ten minutes of the show out and have them be in space when they start? Then, they started playing with their equipment for God knows how many minutes. Then seeing the ship, yeah, 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 yeah. We have seen ships in space before. Where's the story, people? What is our story is the big question. Well, story and characters started to happen about 15 minutes in. So, you know, we're already 15 minutes in. I'm already bored. And I'm like, okay, can we have a story here? I like every single one of the actors in this film. In fact, I not only like, but I absolutely love Tony Collette. Interesting, uh, Mars film has a similar importance to vegetables as the Martian did. Huh. Mars doesn't apparently need women. They need vegetables. Ain't that right, my little vegan friend? They probably need water, too. Everyone needs more (laughs) veggies. Exactly. So, not that sci-fi stowaway movies are predictable or anything, but like most, someone stows away, then bad stuff happens, the crew tries to pull together to solve the problem that actually seemed super obvious, like, say, oxygen in another part of a ship. You know they had access to the entire time the whole movie was going on. They slash someone will have to go outside. Yep, it's got that too. Uh, There will be some suspense things that happen. Maybe someone dies. Maybe someone won't. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Plus old plot. Blah, blah, blah. But... I didn't hate this, but I was completely bored and not surprised by anything that happens. There was not one thing in this movie I was like, wow, this is original and a new idea. I can't believe I'm seeing this. This is fantastic. It gets a really, 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 really low meh, but only because of the actors that are in it, and I love them all. Otherwise, it's it would be a rage. Hmm. That's something. It is. <laughs> so you're thinking I gave out candy now too? It's a candy week? I think you gave out a little candy there. Whoa, snapper doodles. <laughs> so I was really looking forward to this as writer-director Joe Penna's debut film, Arctic, starring Mads Mikkelsen, was one of my favorite movies of 2018. This was a stunning survival movie that kept me mesmerized for its entire duration. Now, three years later, we get this follow-up, a survival movie set in space instead of the Arctic. The fact of the matter is, I could not take any of the movie seriously after the introduction of Michael. I could not buy the fact that this stowaway was on board. All I could think about for the rest of the movie is how he possibly could have been on board, and I did not understand. That sunk the whole production, as I was taken right out of the story from the beginning. This was a very disappointing, this was very disappointing, considering Penna's first effort, the aforementioned Arctic. Um, although from what I understand, he wrote this with his former co- or with his, not former, they are still co-writers, uh, with his co-writer Ryan Morrison before Arctic. So perhaps his next feature will be more of, well thought out in a more mature film that evolved from what Arctic showed us of their abilities. As for this film, it was a rage as I could never buy what they were trying to sell me. But didn't you love Tony Collette? I I always love Tony Collette. So you give out mad candy 
because of 10 minutes of filming. No, 10 minutes and, of and awesome filmmaking. This had zero minutes of awesome filmmaking. But it had a full two hours of Tony Collette. Yeah, it did. Wasn't enough. It was a rage. Okay. I'm very, I'm, you know I'm, I'm sad that she was in this movie. It, it, it makes me sad. She's, she's better than this movie by so much She now so has to start all movie. over again. She was building up her resume for yeah, Undoubted. It happens. And now. I think you were raging on one of her movies reels not that long ago too, though. So uh, you didn't like that, uh, that horror movie she did. I thought that was Hereditary? Weird. Yeah. Wasn't that a rage? I gave you? it a math. Oh, I did you it, give it a math? No, I, it was a math. Yeah, I All gave right. it a math. I um, I I liked it a little better than um the one that the director did prior to that. Mm. Fair enough. But for some yeah. reason, I thought you you were raging on that, but yeah. No, I I had problems with it. I didn't think it was great. It was Midsummer that I was a little bit more ragey about. <laughs> Midsummer was awesome. I love that movie. It was rage. It, it was so awful. good. Well, actually, I did love the cliff scene. And I'm not, hmm, now I have to rethink that. Because that scene alone is almost worth a meh. But then I'd be totally pulling a brace. Okay, so we also saw on Video On Demand for this time, it was on sale, $15. Wow, what a deal. Makes us us holla. We saw. We're spending more on movies, by the way, than we were when we were actually going to the theaters. That is correct. We could have seen three movies in theaters for the same price that we saw. Two, and we had to watch it on our crappy little screens. I had to watch it on my stupid little 77-inch screen. Uh, Oh, 77 inches is so brutal. I know. I just finished watching Cough on a 6-inch screen on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) 77-inch screen, whatever. You can't even afford a real... Uh, Thor Ragnarok poster. It's only like hey, the mini size. I got that at the premiere. Thank you very much. <laughs> First night they were giving them out. Nice. It's a good poster. All right. Well, what else did we see? Chaos Walking. Chaos Walking. Yeah, we did see that. Yes, mm. we did. Video on demand. Okay. Chaos Walking takes place in a world where thoughts can be heard and seen by all those around. It is an interesting launching point for a movie that I would imagine worked better as a book. On film, I could never get used to the repetition of thought and speech in combination with the attempt to mask thoughts with other thoughts and so forth. It was all a little much for me as it goes on through the whole movie. It was hard for me to get into the story, which involved a lot of unsubtle statements as it relates to masculinity. The performances were fine, both Tom Holland and Daisy Daisy Ridley were good and i like the fact that they did not go all in on the romance between these which Mm -hmm. was what i would have expected um this was more of an older sister younger brother vibe for the most part mads mickelson was at his campy best taking his character as far as it could go without coming across as ridiculous he was a pleasure to watch as usual but the film can't get out of the way of its premise and while the actors do their best to carry the film, the concept and lackluster writing are just too heavy for them to make this an enjoyable experience. Still, I got to watch Mads Mikkelsen ride around on a horse with his long coat and floppy hat. That was pretty mesmerizing. For that fact alone, Chaos Walking was meh. I, <laughs> but that's the only reason, because of Mads Mikkelsen. So I know, don't I'm making, give a I, know I'm, I know I'm making an argument that I He's wasn't making. He's done it. He's done it before, Murray. <laughs> Has he? 
It's his fault. Well, Mads Mikkelsen isn't Mads undone. not undone yet? Just so we know. Nope, he's not. Well, Thanks to Bryce. Sucked. But thank God you gave him a mess because he's yeah. got some in the bank. Well, he's got some in the bank. And by, by the way, I'd like to qualify that it is a meh, but it's a really low meh. <laughs> I love that but, floppy hat. That floppy hat like made the movie. If you do watch this movie, there's only one reason to watch it. Mads Mickelson's floppy hat. It should get like a, a starring credit. Hashtag Mads Mickelson's floppy hat. Yes. Okay, so it, I have to kind of laugh about this because the only reason I really wanted to see this, well, other than you told me I had to see it, but was that I knew who the actors that were going to be in it. And yeah. I'll see anything that Mads Mickelson's in because you know my love of Mads Mickelson. It's yes. pretty severe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't sure how they would do this. This is a portion of a book trilogy I read years ago. Didn't know until about 30 minutes in. I'm like, wait, this sounds really familiar. So then I stopped the movie and I go to the internet and I'm like, holy shit. The original book is The Knife of Letting Go, yep. which is a trilogy. And the book series is fantastic. It's kind of a, a young adult series. And it's really well done. I really loved that the whole trilogy. The, the books were fantastic. This movie, being only one of the books, is a little... I'm, I'm just a little jaded. And, of course, it's not a closed, finished story. So this had no hope of being a great film, in my opinion, right from the start. If I knew that they were building this trilogy, I might have been able to make it through. I did try to separate that and pretend I knew nothing about the book. But man, that's hard to do. When you've read a book that you really love and then you see a movie adaptation of it and the writing, as Bryce had alluded to, is not the greatest, it it made it really tough. I really like the plot of this film. When I originally read the books, the idea is such a great story. Uh, This, I felt, though, did not do a great job getting the full feel of what the book had to get across to us, especially how it ends. This... um, If this was going to be a sequel to finish off the story, this section has now fucked up the whole rest of the story because it the way they they built this part is almost part of the second book, so it's weird. So I'm guessing there will not be a sequel. I really like seeing Tom and Daisy and Mads all together doing different things. Uh, I also loved uh, Mads' cute little floppy hat. I could not give this a full unbiased look, though, because of my feelings for the book. I did feel that they did okay with what they had to work with. I'm sad it was off from the book and it was rushed at the end. I found the ending was very rushed. I really actually like fantasy films. I almost think that they're, other than zombie, well, it's probably 20 genres before that. But, you know, then fantasy gets in there, like level 20, you know, before things like slasher movies and, you know, whatnot. I didn't love this film adaptation, but I did love the book. It gets a low mat also from me. There you go. Yeah. I kind of wish that they just scrapped the whole script and just let's watch, just watch Mads Mikkelsen ride around on that horse with his floppy hat. And, you know, every time look at the camera and think ride away again, that would have been great. Give a little Mads look with his cute little grin. Well, it should have been a Western then. I tell you. Yeah, maybe been riding on maybe, a horse for two hours. Maybe that maybe Mads is gonna make a, it had, a western. It had elements of western in it. Yeah, because he had the horse. <laughs> yeah. <Let's> go. <laughs> All right. So 
Yeah, you know what that sound is, people. We're talking about the last two movies we did not get a chance to review from the Calgary Underground Film Festival, mm-hmm. which people can find at calgaryundergroundfilm.org. Even our U.S. and international listeners, you can still go on calgaryundergroundfilm.org and see the entire film library that we talked about last week. And super thanks to the world for all the listens we had. Last week was our biggest downloaded week we've ever had. So uh, apparently Cuff is pretty popular. So we got to see a movie called Cryptozoo, which is a animated film by the director of My Entire High School Sinking into the Sea, which we also got to see a few years ago in 2016, I think at this very festival. So uh, firstly, cartoon sex is still fun, especially freaky, dreamy cartoon sex, which is how this, this film starts. Plus, we get the benefit of virtually going to a crypto orgy. Hell yeah, Crypto Orgy. Uh, the animation style at times is very reminiscent, in my opinion, of early Bakshi stuff, uh, yet very trippy. Love the feel of the natural artistry that these artists bring towards for this um, for this hand-drawn uh, piece of art. I love this universe they created with the cryptos. I also like the slow pace of this film where it just slowly unwinds. The way it introduces you to each character and gives you little details that only a true artist would be able to inject into a film like this. I also loved that not-so-hidden message of anti-racism and conflict between zoo and safety or jail and containment. The story was so original and interesting. I loved everything about this animated adventure fantasy for adults, especially, and when I say especially, those who listen to our pod know if you're going to have an orgy, it should be a motherfucking crypto orgy. Yeah, definitely the orgy. It's a mondo. But the most important thing was that we got to convert another vegan through all this as the main character turns vegan at the end and lets the fish go. Hail vegans! Yes. <laughs> so... I like their first film more. Uh, my entire high school sinking into the sea. Um, this, while being visually quite appealing, the voice actors kind of put me to sleep. And that is too bad, as there was a lot of talent voicing this one. We had Lake Bell, Michael Sarah, and the mesmerizing Peter Stormare. Yet, the film felt a little flat, even though it had an original concept and interesting visuals. Looking forward to what writer-director Dash Shaw does in the future... But this was meh. Sad face. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I loved this. I really loved it. Yeah. Well. Did you see it, Merz? I tried. I honestly did. (laughs) Tried hard. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The the cartoon sex at the beginning didn't appreciate that too much. What? Especially knowing one of them was Michael Sarah. Yeah, Michael Sarah, cartoon sex. Uh, I did appre- did actually appreciate the, uh, the 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 unicorn scene because you know who the, who the hell would go up to a unicorn? I mean, they're dangerous. They have a horn. Like, they kill people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the whole crypto thing got a little weird on me, and the, yeah, the crypto orgies and stuff, and 
the animation is not really into animation at all but yeah I I don't want to give it a rage but it was definitely low meh the half that I did see there you go just wasn't my thing well as long as I got enough orgy for all of us that's all that really matters you will always be on top of that yep (laughs) and underneath it and around it and with a whole group of deliciously crypto orgy participants hmm what else what else did we see little buckaroo I saw kid candidate we saw a short before that. What'd you think of Snowy? Snowy. I don't remember. What was oh, it about? Oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that. It's a motherfucking tortoise, yo. <laughs> it's a turtle. It's a oh, turtle. It's a no, tortoise. I love Snowy. That was a, that was a Mondo. That was a super it Mondo. It was a turtle. I forgot about <laughs> Snowy. How could I forget no, about he, Snowy? he was a tortoise. He was a tortoise, dude. He wasn't a Whatever. Turtle. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I want I, I want to know Snowy, personally. Yeah. Snowy was Mondo. Okay, so what'd you think of Kid Candidate? Kid Candidate, uh, the story of 20 feet, the 20 the story of 24-year-old Hayden Pedigo's candidacy for city council in Amarillo, Texas. It follows the unlikely candidate while also focusing on the corrupt city politics that are rampant in the city. It is an underdog story mixed with a political expose. The subject is likable, which makes it easy to root for him as he takes on the status quo. We watch him grow and mature as the campaign rolls on. He transforms himself from joke to serious candidate, and the doc does a really great job of showing us that transformation. I really like this film. It was meh. (laughs) All right. Murr, did you get to see this one? Uh, I did. Um, Yeah, it was okay. I mean, the kid was likable enough, you know running for office anywhere in texas unless you're a republican is pretty much impossible anyway so i the, the ending was predictable i knew it was going to happen um and the whole time i'm watching it, i keep i kept thinking of um oh what the hell is that movie with justin long and lewis black where it's like this kid is trying to do something and like lewis black is his you know bitter old you know foul-mouthed advisor i actually like the the kid's advisor more than i did him he should have run for office, but of course he said he wouldn't do that. But yeah, it was just okay. It was a man, I guess. Just okay. Yeah. Well, talk uh, about a young man running for candidate in municipal election in Amarillo, Texas. It was kind of fun and rebellious. The message was a little not focused with the kid candidate, not really having a platform have seen this kind of doc in the past it's a fight the power type message but not much more was fun to me uh to go along but overall it was meh i i kind of i kind of liked the whole concept of it but i didn't feel the doc was really flushed out like it i guess maybe it's because i just wasn't really interested in he didn't have a platform so there was really no No, message other than other than it was just this guy who's got no platform is running for office. And I was kind of like, I, I would thought there'd been more politics in it. Like he would have developed some sort of platform even through the whole thing. It's yeah. like, it's really have nothing. Yeah. His whole platform was take down the status quo. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. He, he appealed to the minorities well enough and had a lot of the, you know, the immigrants and, you know, his platform was 
Make the city better. Yeah. Make which the city is great again. Pretty lofty goal in is Texas. That, is that really his his message? Make the city great again? Yeah, I don't know. It's you know what? We it's like anytime you have a political race and you have someone in there that's kind of the joke candidate. The fact that he made it to number two in the in the group of people running, I didn't was think. Kind of but the thing is, he started as a joke. I don't think he was a joke by the end of it. Well, he still didn't have a platform. He didn't even understand. Hey, it was all to coming together as as we went along. He had more of a platform at the end than he did at the beginning. No, he still didn't have one because even his leader was kind of like the guy who was who was. Wow, he wanted him. his platform to be legalized weed, so <laughs> which would have worked. Well, I, I don't. I don't think it's a a city a municipal thing. It's a it's a state thing. He needed to run state thing, as yeah. a state representative. No, he should run. Well, I guess they get him for president because he was too young. But yeah, run for governor. Why don't you? Yeah, <laughs> I don't anyway, have to do it. Anybody can do it. It sounds like it was a three banger, man. You know what that means, Bryce? Yeah, I do know what that means. Hey, hey everybody, I'm Steve. There's three mass. It took a while. Are you ready one more time? All right. Well, so here's the time where we're going to quickly break down our favorite films of the festival. Oh, are we? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it says here. When you read the agenda, <laughs> it kind of spells that out. What? There's know. an agenda? Yeah, there's an agenda. Murr, did you do your homework? Uh, barely. All right. Well, as I previously mentioned, this is not really a fault of cuff, but due to most of my faulty equipment, I was forced to watch films on my phone, which is not the optimal way to do it. Uh, so, of course, I didn't watch as many as you guys. Uh, but I tried to watch some of the bigger ones. I only I, I only knew. watched all of them. I yeah, well, you, you always watch only watch all of them, but I did not watch all of them. <laughs> I got to maybe 15 or 20 at the most. Hey, man, that's a good effort. Um, hey, you can get five movies out of there, so you're doing good. There you go. Well, I'm going to start with the shorts, because bottom line is I really didn't like most of them. I only watched the one shorts package, but the shorts before most of the movies, just nothing really was that great. Uh, two really stood out to me, of course, Ballad of Sharkosaurus, which I will always plug because of our buddy Spence. And the other one I really enjoyed was Stuck, about the gymnastics yeah, was... teacher. That was like, you know, dick kicking revenge at its finest. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, okay, so we'll go now with my top five of the cuff 2021. Number you five. Will, you'll appreciate most of these. First one was Vicious Fun. Uh, I wouldn't give it Wait, a Mondo, but it was... Is it number one or is it number five? No, this five? is five. This is okay. five. Um, I had to do things the Bryce way. I started with five. boy. Fall in love, Ah, never. Um, I rebel everything. <laughs> uh, the four, number four is Together Together, which I really enjoyed, even if you guys didn't. Because it's my kind of movie. Uh, number three was Sensor, which I also really loved. I gave that a Mondo because I thought it was gory and wonderful. And it was, you know, set in the 80s, which was awesome. And video stores and VHS tapes. And that's my kind of film. Uh, number two, which almost made number one, Riders of Justice with the aforementioned Mads. It was number one for a long time, for about a week. It was Whoa. my favorite movie. And then it got bounced. It got bounced by the last movie I saw, 
or one of the last besides the two we just talked about was the last matinee was friggin phenomenal and as i previously mentioned uh, for years i've been wanting to shoot a movie in a movie theater and these bastards stole my idea and did better than probably i could ever do it so even though it had two strikes against it it was it was a foreign <laughs> film and it had subtitles i still enjoyed it because it was like, gory this is like a so. record merman moment anyway so that uh, was my a top movie five it's mondo that you had to read stuff this is awesome no this is that. now you know hope for the future for the rest of humanity that if Murray can watch a, a international film and give it a mondo, then everybody else in the world should be able to read subtitles also. It takes a lot to get me to do that, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, B, you want me to go next while you still work out your shit? Yeah, I'll, I'll go next. Five, So Late, So Soon. Four, Riders of Justice. Three, Keyboard Fantasies, The Beverly Glenn Copeland Story. Two, Alien on Stage. And one, the last matinee. What? What? And for the shorts, uh, I don't really remember. What was that one we talked about uh, just today? The one with the tortoise? Snowy. Snowy? Snowy. I liked Snowy. Uh, what other ones did I like, Jim? You liked Bubble and you liked Aquatic Bird. Both the yeah, Chinese that, that ones. One, one I did. Guy, you liked that one. I, I liked the one where he was like eating the veggies. Yeah, yeah that's, that's Bubble. One. That's number yeah. one. Yeah, okay. There, there's my top Whoop. three shorts. Whatever. All right. Well, I will are almost the same as Bryce's because, you know, I kind of led him to, you know, the same end. My number three was Forgive My Father, which was the gooey story of the the dad who eats his, his wife and then gets his kid to, you know, get the neighbors to be eaten. Right. Number two was Aquatic Bird from China, which was a very long short, but it was so well done and so much adventure. It kind of had influences of... Uh, Amelie to me. It was like a Chinese version of Amelie. I just really loved it. But the number one is definitely the vegetarian man becoming the oh, carnivorous treat. Good. Okay, so my top five. There is some overlap from both of you two. Number five. Really? You like So Late So Soon as much as I did? Uh, no, I said some, somewhat. Oh. I did not like that, Sam I Am. I did not like it in my box. I did not like it on my thoughts. Uh, so my number five was Crypto Zoo because I fucking love orgies, especially when they're cartoons. Yes. Number four was Keyboard Fantasies, the Beverly Glenn Copeland story. Number three for me was The Last Matinee. So it made all, all three of ours top five. Uh, my number two was The Old Man Movie because I cannot get enough tree sex and that was that scene alone was enough the price of admission and my number one i want to say it i haven't said it for a while with a bullet was sensor for me i freaking love that movie that's it All that's right. my cuffs that's our cuff story we are done cuff for a year thank you Carl. wow there'll still be some other cuff stuff we're just done with Plus, we got cuff docs. We got special There's screens from cuff, off the cuff we events. We got drive-ins. We got nothing but cuff coming up. That's right. But that's it for the festival until next year. Yeah, week. people people who are listening, especially our U.S. I'd like to remind our U.S. listeners, because we now have more U.S. listeners than Canadian listeners, that 
even though some of these movies will be geo-blocked, these top five from each of us are all fantastic films, except for the ones that Bryce picked, but um, <laughs> that you should definitely check out around the globe when you get the opportunity to see some of these films. If you can't get access to our uh, favorite festival, Calgary Underground Film Fest, you can find them at your own local film festivals, I'm sure, and they will be available to rent and buy this year, I'm sure. All right. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. So... That really does segue for me into my rage this week, which is geoblocking. I don't fully understand the concept of geoblocking. I don't understand why it exists. I don't understand when we have other festivals, like last year, uh, Bryce and I saw a significant amount by South by Southwest, and we were able to get access to it. Yet, when our friends from Calgary Underground Film Fest are having their festival on, it's geo-blocked like nobody's fucking business. So the rest of the world doesn't get access to that. No, I kind of get it in the sense that, you know, if, if people are seeing it at Cuff, then they may not be able to see it at, you know, other festivals that go on in the States. But, I mean, come on. The, the world is too small for us not to get access to these films. And, you know, the same thing was with... We can't necessarily get access to films like um, the Boston Underground Film Fest, which is another amazing festival. So for people who who have access to that festival, I am also jealous, right? Like these are these are things that, you know, especially in our time of COVID, they should find ways to loosen up some of these geo-blocking. That is my rage this week. I want to be able to see whatever I want to see whenever I see it. And I can't even see it in the theaters. So that's my rage. Yep. Okay. Oh, you're happy about geoblocking? I'm not happy about it, but I get it. You know, film festivals overlap a lot. And, you know, you're taking away the audience from your local film fest sometimes if you you get to watch it for somewhere else before it gets to yours. So, I I don't know. It's hard. We still would have bought a pass anyway. Like, if we would have been able to see, let's say, and you're not, every festival is... we would. Right. But think about it. If if everything, if if you could, if everything was open, they're not not like South by Southwest, for example, which is before our festival. If it if it was playing, it wasn't gonna have all the same movies as Cuff, so it might have had two or three that maybe played Cuff. So we might have saw those three before we saw Cuff, but we still would have rewatched them if they were good. Well, I mean, maybe if they want to geo block the international stuff, like the bigger like that together together, which came out in theaters and maybe geo blocked that but like canadian and alberta produced films why wouldn't you let everybody watch them because they're not going to make it to a theater yeah they may not make it to other festivals like if you pay pay your eight or ten bucks or whatever it is they pay for individual prices they should be able to watch it whatever whatever whenever but Mm. murph thanks for jumping on that band i still prefer to see stuff in theaters is that that would be our true rage we could just rage about that every week Every mm-hmm. week. All right, I am literally passing you the baton, Bryce. All right. Uh, 
As I predicted, the Academy Awards went and gave the Best Supporting Actor trophy to Daniel Kaluuya, who starred in the movie that made up 40% of the category, as Lakeith Stanfield was also nominated. Neither role was supporting. They were the focus of the film, and it took away the trophy from the from more deserving folks that actually fit the definition of a supporting actor. Namely, Paul Racy from The Sound of Metal. That's my rage. So, if you're going to repeat rages from previous episodes... It's not a repetition, say, it's like just to... saying I was right. <laughs> I'm not repeating it at all. I was predicting it then. Then it came to fruition. So, if anything... <laughs> I'm angrily patting myself on the back because I deserve it. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, same reason why they can give Judy Dench a Best Supporting Actress uh, Oscar for, what was she, eight minutes in that film? <laughs> that was Shakespeare. She had like an eight-minute scene and she had, it was actually a supporting actress. That's a cameo. Yeah. Whatever. I'm, I'm more okay with that than for someone who's in the movie the whole time, the whole freaking thing. And the movie's actually called Judah and the Black Messiah. And the two people that are that are nominated for supporting actor are Judah are the and the Black Messiah. And yeah. that, they should have been I got more of a problem actors. with that. They both yeah, but they, would, they wouldn't have made the category. That, that's the point. Yeah, it's, well, it's a, they, they got to, they gotta, you know, get on this category and actually wow. give it to supporting. Like, that is ridiculous. I still think they have way too many fucking awards and they just need to have one lead uh, person and one supporting person and move on. There you go. They should just have one trophy, period. It shouldn't be the Academy Awards. It should be the Academy Award. And just yeah, give have, give whoever was the best. The whole, what about the, the lighting? Hollywood? What about the lighting? May, what about the sound? Maybe, the maybe, about, no, but maybe that's who wins it that year. That's the whole thing. The Academy Award would be open to everything. But we got to pick one. Are we giving it to the lighting? Are we giving it to the director? Well, no, Are we you, giving it to you, a writer? You, 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 Are we giving it to an actor? Are we giving it to an actress? We just give one, you, and then it's going to no, be more doing, prestigious. Your no, idea. you're talking about you're talking about best pictures. What are you talking about? No, that's not what I'm talking overall. about at all. Your idea is the stupidest idea. Yeah, it ever. is the best idea ever. And just think, the Academy Awards, instead of going like for four and a half, five hours, like two minutes, done. We've given away the Academy Award, not awards, the award, done. Everybody for goes best, home happy for, for best, one category. For, for best yeah. blank. For the just, Academy yeah. Award for just for best the, blank. Just best. The Set Academy Award for kiss. best goes to. It's not the Teen Choice Awards, Murray. <laughs> well, you might as well if you're going to do that. Best fight scene. Rage. There you go. That's the Oscar. Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And we'll start that again because you started laughing, even though I'm trying to be professional here. Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. Okay, we'll start it one more time. This is a promo for our buddies at Everything I Learned from Movies Podcast. Go, Bryce. Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything Everything I Learned from Movies. And tonight, 
tonight. Like every night, we bring you <laughs> questionable movies and pass the lessons that we've learned on to you, as well as we go over some great beer and funny third thing. Yes, we're excellent beer reviewers, and as BJCP certified beer judges, we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to that. The movies? <laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about uh, odd movies and uh, is he talking about BJing, Woo! Uh, listen to us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Hey, honey, are you ready to pop that top? Woo! My top! There's a lot of sexualization. Yeah. I, married, I'm not only married. wanting... I don't know, but I want to go hear her talk about BJs. Mm. doesn't. I don't. All right, Mur. Give us <laughs> all right the then. Cheese, baby. <laughs> okay, here comes the cheese. Uh, all right, this week I'm going to talk about best Scandinavian actors. Being Scandinavian myself, I feel like an authority on the subject. You Unfortunately, are. there there were no Norwegian actors that made the cut because they're just not famous enough. But they're still awesome in their own rights. So, as per Bryce's rules, I will start with number five. That would be Viggo Mortensen. Uh, technically, he's an American, but his father was Danish. He's lived in Denmark, and he speaks Danish fluently. That, to me, counts. I know he's mentioned, number five? What? Yeah, I only need to mention Lord of the Rings, History of Violence, Eastern Promises, and The Road. I don't think I've ever seen him be anything but brilliant doesn't hurt that he's a true renaissance man, too, with his art, poetry, music, and on top of his acting. And he's a Montreal Canadiens fan. Go have. Yeah, I got a Vigo boner. I'm on side for that. <laughs> All right, number four, uh, Max von Sydow from Sweden nice. slash France. He's, from, he's Swedish, but he lived in France. We lost him last year, unfortunately. Uh, his last significant role was a small part in The Force Awakens. But he's had a life he had a lifetime of memorable performances. Flash Gordon, Minority Report, Shutter Island, Judge Dredd. Nobody played comic book evil better than Max. And who could who could forget his delightfully sinister Brewmeister Smith in Strange Brew? Did you know he was the voice of Vigo the Carpathian in Ghostbusters 2? Enough said. Wow. Uh, number three, you mentioned already. Peter Stormare from Sweden. Sweden. You may not know his name, but you sure as hell know his face. Fargo, Armageddon, Minority Report, Constantine, Jurassic Park Lost World. If Hollywood needs a bad guy with an accent, they call him. Peter Stormare is the kind of actor who can have a tiny little part and still have a great impression. Number two, of course, the great Mads Mikkelsen. I was going to include both brothers, but I'm not really crazy about his brother's acting. Uh, Mads is probably one of the, as the one two brothers you know the most. You know him from Casino Royale, but Hollow Rising. Usually plays a villain or an anti-hero, uh, probably due to his accent. His last two films were an Oscar-winning Oscar film, Another Round, and The Outstanding Riders of Justice, which just ran a cup. will be out later this year, somewhere. Uh, oh, yeah, and he played Hannibal Lecter. All right, number one, this is a little biased in my point, but I'm going to go with the Skarsgård men, the entire family from Sweden. Of course, you know Stellan Skarsgård. 
since the early 80s, he's been in a lot of movies. Uh, Breaking the Waves, Goodwill Hunting, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Avengers, Thor films, Mamma Mia. Uh, he still actually makes quite a few Scandinavian movies, too. My personal favorites were Somewhat Gentleman from 2010, which I saw at Stiff, and Our Kind of Traitor, which co-starred my other favorite actor, Ewan McGregor. Uh, it was an awesome movie. He played a Russian on that one. Um, his son Alexander is also an amazing actor. He is known for his role as Eric Northland in True Blood, which sorry, Bryce is a TV show. Uh, his film acting career isn't as impressive as his father's, but he's coming into his own. From the recent Godzilla vs. Kong, yeah, he was in that. The Hummingbird Project, which also ran at Sith, and Legend of Tarzan. He will probably become as great as his father. And we also have Gustav Skarsgård. Um, he's the kind of actor who kind of sneaks up on you and amazes you without really realizing what happened. He hasn't done many films, but he was absolutely awesome in the Vikings TV show. Yes, I know a TV show. Um, then we have Bill Skarsgård. He's an up-and-coming actor, hasn't done much, but people will know him as Pennywise in the yeah, recent hit films. And finally, there's Walter Skarsgård. He was only 18, but who knows what he's going to do, but... That's just a phenomenal family, all from Sweden. What? So, yeah. They're part of the same family? Seriously? They're brothers? They're, yeah, that's all of his sons. He's got what? like four sons, all in acting. Wow. So yeah, that's why he's one of like my top three favorite actors ever, Stellan. He's awesome. So that's all I got. Murray, that list is outstanding. And... Um... Three of those people on your list are on our mesmerizing list. So well, what is that? What does that, that tell works you? Out then. That works out then. Apparently, you're not kidding. There's some pretty good Nordic stuff. Well, I had to pick five. That was the only five. That, I mean, there's a lot more than that. But and I, I didn't go to the actress side because most of the actresses are from like the 30s and 40s, mm. like Greta Garbo, Ingrid Bergman. But Dig they it. also make they also make great actresses too the best okay well this week on the lists Brycey had asked us to make sure that we talk about Anders Thomas Jensen he's wrote so much that I thought that he actually had a lot more directing but he's only got five films way to go well, he can't really be on any list then, could he? He can't. No, but he can be started. But he's he sure as heck on deck. He's oh, up yeah. and coming. He's five for five Mondos, in my opinion. Oh. No. Well, let's have it, buddy. Uh, you got the list in front of you of his films? I do. I but don't. I thought you were going to be organized <laughs> enough to bring Nah, I'm not organized at all. What are you talking about? Oh, that's true. So his his very first film was Val Gafton, or Val... Murray, how do you pronounce Valgaften? Valga- uh, I don't know. Valga- I don't have it in front of me. Val- yeah, sure. Val- Sounds good enough to me. Valgaften? I'm not. Sure. I don't have that 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 sweet accent. Which, yeah, it's yeah. it's freaking brilliant. Uh, it's a mondo for me. Absolutely mondo. Uh, then he did um, Blinkendy Lingertier. <laughs> oh my god. Blink Blinkered Lingered. That's a Swedish chef. It's perfect. It's, it's, it's also Mondo. It's blink, 
Blinked a lighter. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. And it's also got our boy Mads in it. It does. Uh, then he did the Green Butchers, which uh, could be possibly one of my favorites. Also has Mads in it. Yeah, it's I, I freaking also Mondo. love that film. Yeah. yeah, I freaking love that film. Uh, then he was in Adam's Apples, which I think probably is Bryce's favorite. That's my which, favorite, yep. Yeah, it's also freaking outstanding. Um, and then followed up, well, actually I think he might have six. Uh, he did Men and Chicken, which was also freaking awesome, which also has Mondo. Matt Mickelson. Yeah, he works with and, a lot of the same people when he directs. And then uh, It doesn't stop Riders with Matt Mickelson. Justice. The, 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 Which is also yeah. Mads Mickelson. You'll you'll also well you'll also notice that the majority of the cast that's in that is also in uh, in about two or three of the other movies you mentioned there. So yeah, actually you're right though because Val Val Gafton is a short. Mm. Yeah, that's what I that's why I was going. There was there was five. Yeah, I, yeah. There's only five. Yeah. 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 I can, and so his upcoming. Um, doesn't have anything listed as upcoming, so we're just gonna. Well, his last wait. thing was Riders of Justice. I think he yeah, did very yeah. well with that. Oh yeah, there was a Mondo for I think all he's, of us. I so. think he's got something on deck, doesn't he? I thought he. I thought oh, I, I saw say. something. Maybe as a writer, but not. Maybe as. Uh, maybe. His upcoming project that he's writing, Mo the Monster of Florence, hmm. which I have no clue who's gonna direct it, yeah. and Redemption. He's writing a screenplay for it, which is an American film, so it's probably gonna be his first rage. <laughs> you think? Probably, probably not i don't think that guy can do any wrong so there yeah we but go. if he's writing it and not directing it then we could be in trouble that is true but well no we can't because if he's writing it and not directing it we don't have the list for writing no i know but i'm just saying that it could still mean that it's going to be bad it could be <laughs> i'm yeah okay you guys got anybody else to add um, you know what? I actually did think of somebody, then I forgot, and I just thought of him again. But perfect. I I don't know if he's on a mesmerized yet, but uh, recently, again due to the Oscars, uh, Thomas Vinterberg. Uh, he's directed twenty five films. His last one, obviously, another round, which won the Oscar. Mm -hmm. uh, he did uh, Far from the Maddening Crowd. Um, the Command. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, the Hunt. Again, a Mads movie. Yeah, that was did a Metallica Mondo. film. <laughs> uh, I think he's incredible. And no, he didn't direct some kind of monster, did he? Is that the Metallica uh, it film? Doesn't say he did. Doesn't say he did. He may have wrote it though. No, no, no. The the Metal. You said he did a Metallica film. Oh, something about Danny Overcome or something. Oh, okay. Danny Overcomes. But you're the, you're the metal fan. I have no idea. Yeah, no, that must have been like a. Con I have no idea either. Might, might have been a concert. Metallica, film. the day that never comes, two thousand eight. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it was a short. Sorry. Okay. So it was deep. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think at the very least, he. I mean, he. I don't know he can be mesmerizing because he's a director, but his films are pretty freaking good. I can tell you that. Uh, yeah. He well, he can't be mesmerizing as a director because he's not on screen. But we could, we could. Uh, look yeah, if you wanted films. to have a look at some of his other films, and let me know. Yeah, you think he's uh, undoubted because I think he's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, even did the hunt. Yeah, also I mean, a Scandinavian. He's got a great. He's got a great. Um, There's a couple I'm of blanks I'll have to fill out there where I didn't see it. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll take this one offline. Um, yeah, that's a great one to put forward, Mer. He's uh, he's most of his stuff is great because he did another round. 
um, which we've re all reviewed back when it first came out. Yep. Sith, think, yeah, we saw it. At I Sith, think it yeah. was a meh, though. It was oh, a I meh for me. Yeah, I gave it a Mondo. Was... Yeah. Well, you guys loved it. Mm, I we gave liked it a meh. It a lot. We'll have to go back and look because I we've liked got it. Everything on our website. Yep. That's a good one, Mer. That's uh -huh. a great one. All right, there you He's go. He's on deck also. Then we'll have to do a bit of review and see if we've seen this right. stuff. Good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take one of off of Mer's list. Um, I'm gonna go Vigo Mortensen as mesmerizing. He isn't that on there yet. Nope. 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 Vigo Mortensen. Well, I definitely. I definitely say yeah. Alright. Uh yeah, I'll go Vigo Mortensen can absolutely be mesmerizing. In fact, he is. So we In fact he is. There we go. So we got we got someone on the list today, people. There we go. Okay. Alright. Was that it? <laughs> okay. That's um... it. All right, then. Uh, sorry, I'm in trouble hearing the sound. The music, that's all. Uh, we're back from Cuff and ready to rage. This week on Rage or Dare, one of our fantastic listeners, Scott, from the podcast Shoot the Flick, has bought us a movie rental and has dared us to see the 1995 film Theater Rex. Isn't that last week? Uh, we finally got a qualified listener who understands how to make our rage, or will the EGOT holder whoopee for the ability to make us laugh ourselves stupid? Check with Bryce first to see if he's finally happy to rage. Bryce, please tell us what the level of film rage you are with Ted Rex. Alright. Theodore Rex. Uh, yeah. The movie that was so bad that Whoopi Goldberg tried to sue her way out of it. Uh, she <laughs> did not succeed. As but she should. But she did, you know, hold them up for another two million dollars or something ridiculous i think she's supposed to get three million she ended up getting five million to be in it but she literally and the only reason she did that because it was going to cost too much in the courts to to uh try to get out of it so she finally said okay fine i will be in it but pay me like five million dollars and they said all right so it's it's got <laughs> this almost shouldn't have been reviewed by us because it was actually uh it was it was straight to video in the United States, it never got a theatrical release. However, across the globe, it did get put into theaters. So I guess oh, it snap. qualifies. Um, it uh, has the uh, uh, the the honor of being the most expensive straight-to-video movie ever. I think it clocked in at like $33 million or something ridiculous and went right to, right to video uh, in the U.S., not around the world. Um, it's uh, box office numbers are sad. If you care to ever look it up, uh, they will they will bring a tear to your eye because you'll be laughing so hard. Um, yeah, this was this was this is exactly what I've been looking for for like it seems months now. This was freaking unwatchable. This was so bad that it's one of those movies where the whole time you're not even watching the movie, you're just repeating to yourself, "How did this get made?" How did this get made? How on earth did somebody decide that this had to be made into a feature film? What is going on? I, I, this is one of the worst movies that I've ever seen. I mean, it's, it's in the top 10 worst movies ever made in the history of movies. 
it was painful to watch every single scene and it didn't even make sense i didn't honestly i have no idea what the story was i have no freaking clue i have no clue what the story was somehow Whoopi goldberg is teaming up with a dinosaur to solve some i don't even know i'd like to give you a synopsis but i have no idea what i was watching you know what we did I, I I don't know. I, I'm just... speech. It was so bad that I am currently speechless. It was yeah. That that takes was, a lot. It was awful. Oh my god! Thank you, thank you for bringing this to my attention because this movie I wasn't even on my radar, and oh my goodness gracious, this was an excruciating experience. That is what the Rage or Dare segment is all about. It's about showing a movie, me a movie so bad that I'm like, wow, I can never get that time back ever again. And this movie I will remember for the rest of my life. And that is not a good thing. So congrats. This is what we're looking for. Anybody, anybody that's putting forth Rage or Dare, please watch this movie. This is what you're shooting for. Not stuff that's campy. Not stuff that stuff that's so bad that it's painful to watch. Like Theodore Rex. What do you think, Jim? Um, well, let me first read what IMDb says is the actual plot of this story. I don't know. Yeah, what was it? In an alter, alternate futuristic society, a tough female police detective is paired with a talking dinosaur to find the killer of dinosaurs and other prehistoric animals, leading them to a mad scientist bent on creating a new Armageddon. That's exactly what this movie was. Could have well, fooled me. I have no idea that's that what the, it was about. The dinosaur talked. Oh, yeah, it talks. It that was, makes all yeah. the difference. Yeah. Well, she's teaming up. It's okay. Wait, it's the future, but there's dinosaurs. Yeah. So at first glance, <laughs> I'm guessing this maybe have been influenced by that stupid show dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah. But on second thought, I'm like, Whoopi Goldberg as an action star? Mm, no, not seeing it. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Whoopi. In a sci-fi film? Mm, no. Uh, no, wait, would be in a comedy. Normally, that is where she would be. But no, that's not it. Wait, what What was this? Oh, right. We just learned what this was. I literally had a segment that I wrote, Bryce, I'm sorry, but what was this about? <laughs> I don't know. Why was there a dinosaur in this and a talking one to boot? Wait, did I miss something? This film is so awful. It's just like it is trying to capitalize on a moment in time. Either Whoopi Goldberg's fame coming off a few really big hit titles. And I also don't know what the fuck a a talking dinosaur was coming off of. But I tell you, I wasn't coming uh about anything after seeing this movie i'm guessing that the show dinosaurs high came out of 1991 to 1994 and maybe they thought people were missing their dose of talking fucking dinosaurs so they made this movie funny no detective style intrigue no action-packed no interesting no career ending for Whoopi, apparently not in any world i am trying to think who this was made for it's rated pg so maybe just maybe it was made for tweens who like dinosaurs but 
to see this 25 plus year old film later, I am stupefied by why anybody would think this was good in any era. Apparently, most people would agree with us because it got a 2.5 on IMDb, yes, which is probably 2.5 higher than it should have deserved. <laughs> yeah, uh, it completely does the job Scott fully intended, which was this movie was so yes. fucking raging. Rage. Scott from Shoot the Flick. Well played, buddy. Well played. Well played. Yeah. This is what we need. <laughs> Well, I, I thankfully didn't see this, nor do I intend to, but I have a couple of trivia tidbits just to add to your pleasure on this one. Apparently, the crew members were leaving constantly during the production. Goldberg said at the end of the, the final day, 99% of the crew was different from the first day. <laughs> they just kept quitting. <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> uh, most of the actors who signed on thought that the dinosaur would be CG. Probably because of Jurassic Park, but I guess the the dinosaur was not computer generated. It was what a guy in a suit. Yep. Wow, sounds awesome. <laughs> yep. So uh, I'm almost afraid to bring this one forward that we've got dared. To... Oh no, wait, this is not the same. Hold on. Uh, so there is a movie from 2011, but I can't find it. <laughs> Uh, we were dared to see the movie Frailty. I've heard of it. That's yeah. Matthew McConaughey, isn't it? Is it? I thought I, thought I wanted to say it was Paxton was in it. But... Well, that was the 2001 version, but we were dared oh, to see the 2011 version. Oh. Which I don't know, but apparently that's a thing. Apparently there's a lot of frailties. There's a 2018. Well, does, does it specify the year or just any? Yeah, it was 2011. I, you know what? It's got so many different years on it, but apparently it's available on Prime. So if we can go find go. Frailty on Prime, that's the one we're supposed to see. All right, then. <laughs> okay. So that'll be for next week. We'll be watching Frailty. Are we going to go back to the bags anytime soon? Well, we have one more paid dare because right. we've sold our soul to the, the universe. Uh, and I won't tell you what that film is, but trust me when I say it's going to be a super rage that's following up Frailty. So, All right. So Frailty, the only thing that I know is that it's on Prime. Yes. And that's okay. all that really matters. All You're right. talking about the 2012 version, not the 2001 one. Yeah, it's not. The, the 2001 is, is Paxton and McConaughey. Yeah. It's not that one. Okay, that's <laughs> the one that I, I was no. like, all right, that wasn't that bad. It wasn't that good, but it wasn't that yeah. bad. Apparently, that's not the one. So I'm hoping this one's just as terrible. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, people. Then. I love our listeners. Yes. Especially, especially Scott this week. I got a big shoot the flick boner going on now. No, he did well. Well played. Well played. All right. Well, thanks again, Ragers, for listening. Uh, special Rage Love to James. And Juline from It Goes Down in the PM. Uh, thanks to the extended film rage crew of Leonard Cullen for statistic vision and photography via Leonard Cullen Photography. Or Bex Goose for her animation and artistic skills at Potato Lady podcastreviews.com find us on facebook twitter and instagram at film rage yyc check out everything film rage at film rage yyc.com including our merch site for redbubble and tpublic see what we look like on youtube channel by searching film rage podcast 
We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners, so please comment often everywhere you feel, including sending us an email at filmragecalgary at gmail.com, on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage like our buddy Scott just did, but no matter what you do, please make us rage. Please, please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. Rage on. <laughs>